James chapter 2, verses 8 through 13. If you really fulfill the royal law according to the scripture, you shall love your neighbor as yourself, you are doing well. But if you show partiality, you are committing sin and are convicted by the law as transgressors. For whoever keeps the whole law but fails in one point has become guilty of all of it. For he who said, do not commit adultery, also said, do not murder. If you do not commit adultery, but do murder, you have become a transgressor of the law. So speak and so act as those who are to be judged under the law of liberty. For judgment is without mercy to one who has shown no mercy. Mercy triumphs over judgment. For several years, I worked at a YMCA in Kentucky, working with teens who were rough. Many of them got into trouble routinely, and it was not uncommon to come into work and find that something on the building had been vandalized. Graffiti sprayed on the wall, spit on the door, and yes, those special occasions when I came out after work and found urine on my car. Then there were those more expensive acts of vandalism when someone threw a rock through one of the windows, shattering it into a million pieces. As a safety procedure, when one part of the window was struck, the entire glass structure would shatter. There wasn't just one part of the window missing. Everything was gone the moment one area was compromised. This is similar to the imagery James has in mind when he says in verse 10, For whoever keeps the whole law but fails in one point has become guilty of all of it. One area of sin can compromise our entire soul. Continuing with his theme of partiality, James points out in verse 9 that whoever commits partiality has sinned. It is serious, and they have become violators of the law of God. It is not enough to say, look at all the other areas in my life where I am doing well, if there is another area of your life that is also rotten. Doing so is a bit like ignoring cancer cells in one part of your body, because the rest of you seems to be doing fine. When James uses the term moral law, he is writing of a law that is supreme or sovereign. All other laws of humanity fall under the authority of this law. This means that if any friend, family member, or governing body asks you to act in a way that is contrary to the law of God, we are to reject their commands and choose instead to follow God. Incidentally, the moral law of God is one of the greatest means of proving his existence. Within every person, there is a sense of justice. Even criminals often have a code of conduct where there are certain rights and wrongs. Much of Western civilization is built upon the principles of the moral law of God. The problem arises when we detach these principles from their source. Goodness becomes subjective. 
We have no basis for saying an action is wrong or right. Psalm 119 is known not only as the longest chapter in the Bible, but one that most emphasizes the beauty of God's law. His law is good. It is for our protection. This morning, take some moments to praise God for giving us his law. Thank him for sending his son, Jesus, as the fulfillment of that law. Now, maybe there is an area of the law of God that is convicting you this morning. In the words of Jesus, perhaps you have not physically murdered someone, but you have hatred in your heart towards them. You have not gone out and openly committed adultery with someone, but you wish you could in your heart. Maybe you stand guilty of the sin of partiality that James has been referencing. If so, pause and take some time to seek God this morning. Call on him for forgiveness. If there is nothing you can think of in this moment, allow these next few minutes to be a time of reflection where you quiet your soul and allow God's searchlight to scan every area of your life and speak to you about any actions or behaviors that are not in alignment with his will. James closes this first half of chapter 2 with a strong challenge, so speak, and so act as those who are to be judged under the law of liberty. His repetition of so is used to place emphasis equally on these two verbs, speak and act. Both of these are given in the present tense, calling the reader to continuous action. The judgment James speaks of refers to the day all will stand before the judgment seat of God to give an account for their lives. His point is strong. Since we are to stand before an impartial God who favors neither rich or poor, we are to be impartial in our judgment towards others. We are to act towards others with the understanding that we will one day be judged for our actions. With this in mind, Ask God this morning to give you a heart of mercy towards others. Ask him to guard your heart not only against the sin of partiality, but any way that causes you to treat others less than what God desires. Admittedly, judgment often feels good in the moment. 
Something in our minds is satisfied when we give a sharp comment on social media or put someone else down through comparison or maybe make a passive-aggressive statement that devalues someone else around us. But these last four words from James in verse 13 ring loudly. Mercy triumphs over judgment. When we show mercy towards others in place of judging, we are demonstrating where our true hope lies. It rests in the reality that God is the ultimate judge. Nothing goes beyond his attention. We do not have to place on our shoulders the weight of correcting every injustice around us because we trust in a God who will triumph over all. With this in mind, take a few moments to yield your actions and responses to God today. Commit to extending mercy towards others and allowing God to be the final judge. Father, help me this day to love those around me as I would naturally care for myself. As I instinctively make sure that my desires and needs are met, challenge me to look out for the needs and cares of others. Guard me against partiality and casting judgment on others. Let my life be known for mercy. I rest in your sovereignty today. You are supreme and above everything and everyone. Amen.